0: Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's time for another Sunday night episode of the Brain Love Podcast. I'm Dr. Delvina, a board-certified psychiatrist Here in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, in Miami, Florida. And um, tonight I'm discussing food and your mood. If you follow me on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Delvina Thomas, that's D R D E L, V as in Victor, E N A, and then Thomas, T H O M A S, the slave way, you know that a few weeks ago, or almost a month ago or so, I uh, created a segment called Food in Your Mood and I discussed so many things and it was so popular. I got so many DMs and uh, messages and emails about that episode that I decided to create a podcast for Food in Your Mood as well. So... You're hearing my Therapy Thursday episode that's been edited a little bit because you don't have to hear everything we did on the YouTube channel. If you want to see the questions and the answers and things like that, please, please go on my YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe first, and then please watch the video. You'll hear me talk about um, food and how it affects our mood, but also helps with concentration, helps with memory and retention, and focus. And I also play a video from a segment that I did with Jawan Strader on Miami's NBC Six, and um, it gets a little fun because we talk about myths versus fact. I ask questions and I ask you, is it a myth or is it a fact? And then, of course, we have to discuss bowel movements, bowel movements, BMs, and gut health because gut health is so importante for equilibrium. And flow, y'all So I want you to enjoy this episode of Food in, in Your Mood and, and again, thank you so much for your support and listening to me If you listen when a new episode drops on Sunday nights Or if you listen the next morning or the next day or the next day Or later in the week or the next week Whenever you listen, even if it's the next month Because this podcast has been on since May 2020 This was my COVID-19 baby I birthed this during COVID-19. If you've been listening, I appreciate your listenership. Please share, 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 share this. Share my podcast with the people you care about, especially if you feel it's been helpful for you. And please keep the questions coming to the DMs and to my email. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as Dr. D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A, And um, my email address is info, I-N-F-O, at Dr. Dr. Delvina, D as Delta, E-L, V as and Victor, E-N-A, dot help, H-E-L-P. So once again, y'all, I appreciate you. And everybody have a great week, man. See ya. Yes! So guys, welcome again to Therapy Thursday. I'm Dr. Delvina, psychiatrist in South Florida. Welcome to my couch. Are you ready to take the couch? We are exploring the brain. I talk about everything under the umbrella of mental health and wellness. Things, it, there's nothing excluded. I've talked about dementia, sex, relationships, depression, bipolar, anxiety, schizophrenia, how to baker act someone, or how to get someone um, into a hospital or to get a psychiatric evaluation against their need. Everything is spoken about. On my YouTube channel, as well as on my Facebook page and on Instagram. Please, if you're not following me on all of my different social media outlets, please consider following and subscribing. Why? Well, because some things are appropriate for some content and other things or other handles may not be. So on Instagram, I post a whole a lot of stuff. On Facebook, I keep it a little cleaner so you know i'm just being very upfront and honest with you tonight i'm talking about food and how it can affect your mood in good ways and also in adverse ways because i want everyone to be knowledgeable and how to manage their moods and how they manage how they how they feel in their emotions to manage those things naturally we can't rely on medications for everything And oftentimes there are things that we can do to prevent episodes, mental health breaks, so on and so forth. There are things we can do naturally and how we eat, how much water we drink on a daily basis and other preventative measures such as exercising on a regular basis. And also being very strategic about who you engage with and socialize and interact with. So. Let's get started. I'm gonna start first with the video. This is Throwback Thursday, right? So let's start first with the video. Throwback Thursday, NBC6 with Jawan Strader on Voices.
1: Mental health is often ignored in the black community, but it no doubt greatly affects many African Americans out there. And there are many ways to support mental wellness, including the foods that you see that you eat. I'm joined by psychiatrist Dr. Delvina Thomas to pinpoint which foods are best to boost our brains. Thank you so much for coming on the show once again.
0: Hi, Joanne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see all the food here. Yes, well, yes. Let's talk. Before we get to the foods here, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. So that saying you are what you eat. That That's relatively true.
0: That is absolutely true. Everything that you consume, it's a part of your body, including the brain. So the things that we drink, that we eat, it can affect your brain in good and bad ways.
1: And it's interesting because we've been learning more and more as far as education when it comes to our body and health and the foods that we eat, such as processed foods and how that could be bad. But the natural foods and the organic foods, how good that can be for our bodies yes. as well as our brains.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing is this. We have stress on a daily basis, most of us. And what people don't realize is that stress can lead to inflammation. Inflammation occurs in the body, including in the brain. And when you have inflammation on a chronic basis, meaning every day or most days consistently over long term, it can lead to diseases like multiple sclerosis, anxiety, hypertension. So we can do things naturally. What we eat, what we consume in our diet can actually decrease the incidence or the risk of developing this inflammation. And developing those diseases.
1: And Dr. Delvina can also help us as far as uh, overcoming uh, colds and everything based upon what we eat as well.
0: Yes, yes. The vitamin C and some of the antioxidants that we can we can consume. So what people know is that food can help physically with the body, but we never think about the brain. And so, and that's why we have to have the discussion so that people are more aware of what they can do by eating and help their brain in different ways, with their memory, with uh, slowing normal aging, uh, reducing the risk of developing things like Alzheimer's dementia, mm-hmm. helping with concentration, with focus, um, also children preventing ADD and ADHD by giving them certain foods.
1: I love this. Now let's talk about some of the foods we have right in front of us here. Yay. You bought a little bit of everything, so let's talk about that. Avocados, and I believe that's what what I'm looking at here, right? Yes, avocados. yes, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the power of avocados. Okay. So
0: avoc- Avocados can do so many different things. So I they yes, I, I love them too. Guacamole, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. They contain a lot of antioxidants, so they can help with things like you said with colds. They have good fat, so they help with protecting the brain. Mm-hmm. They can help Largely with memory and concentration. So, avocados, uh, for the sake of the brain, good for memory, great for concentration.
1: So, I have some grapes here as well. Yes. Okay, so you yes. mean grapes help me with some?
0: Oh uh, yeah. So, if you have to choose grapes, you want red grapes, not green grapes. grapes. If you have to choose between red and green, mm-hmm. you want to go with the red. And so, you know, it's sort of along the same lines of red wine, right? right. So, we hear about red wine being good for you in moderation and small amounts. Red grapes, the same thing. So, what Grapes do for us, red grapes, that is. It helps to thin the blood, so when the blood is thinner, it can flow, um, and you get mm-hmm. that that consistent blood flow to the brain, and it reduces the risk of a stroke. So that's how red grapes are helpful.
1: I love it, and and you talked about the wine because of course we're always hearing about wine. Some one year it's great for us, and mm. then one year it's bad for us. But yeah. I think it's too much of anything. You have to do it in moderation.
0: Exactly. Right? Yeah, that that applies to everything. To, you to, have to, to keep, everything. Yes, moderation. Except for salmon.
1: Except for salmon. <laughs> We're going to talk about the salmon as well. The the blueberries I see over oh
0: here. Oh, my gosh. So, blueberries, they are wonderful. <laughs> and the reason why they is are. they're like candy. Yeah. It's fruit, but they taste sweet. They taste great. And blueberries are one of the highest packed foods with antioxidants and so antioxidants right what does that really mean so our bodies undergo normal metabolism and processes every day on a just day in basis and we create these bad substances in the body that are called radicals Mm -hmm. radicals float around and they do bad things and they cause damage to our cells so that's why we have to consume antioxidants blueberries are high in antioxidants as are some other foods but that's one of the foods that's highest in antioxidants so they also help with memory and concentration as well.
1: And Dr. Delvina, we don't have it up here, but I'm going to get to these others. But I saw dark chocolate here in my notes here. Yes.
0: Dark chocolate.
1: Mm. So I can cheat with some dark chocolate, but it, it can actually help me.
0: Yes, yes. So <laughs> everything is not healthy as, as far as, you know, people think, oh, if it's good for me, that means it won't taste good. If you want to have some chocolate, avoid white, white chocolate. Avoid the um, milk chocolate and have dark chocolate but just ensure that it's at least 70% cocoa. Okay. You need at least 70%. Um, it contains antioxidants. It yes. helps also with um, the aging process, helps with memory and focus, concentration, those things as well. I
1: love the lower the blood pressure. Yes. I, I love yes. that. That's another benefit I'm going to tell my mama she can have some dark chocolate. Then yes. It helps with that blood pressure. Okay, real fast. I see a few more things before we get to, to the leafy things over yes. here, but I see the sweet potatoes, I believe, over yeah. here.
0: Yeah, so full of antioxidants, mm-hmm. helps the brain also. So i protecting um, against sort of that normal aging process, reducing uh, risk of inflammation, helping with sort of um, um, concentration also in the focus. Same thing with broccoli. Broccoli is great for focus, yeah. concentration, and memory.
1: And, and real fast, salmon.
0: Oh, gosh. Salmon is the best food you can eat for your brain, including your children. I got to repeat that. Give your children salmon. Stop with the the, uh, catfish. Stop with the tilapia. Instead, salmon. Salmon is packed full of omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids reduce the aging process, the risk of Alzheimer's dementia. Um, Salmon also helps with memory, concentration, distractibility. In fact, studies show that if you you, feed your children salmon, that you can reduce the risk of developing ADD or ADHD or even treat any symptoms of ADD, ADHD they may have, like restlessness, distractibility, and attentiveness. I
1: got to make sure my daughter has a little bit more of that. She needs some more salmon in her life at the age (laughs) of three and a half. And I know before we go, you made us something special here.
0: That's right. This is a green smoothie. If you have to have a smoothie of any type, you want it to be a green smoothie, more than likely it will contain spinach. Spinach is great for the brain. It's the best thing for the brain. If you don't like spinach, use some kale, okay? And then you can throw on a little kiwi, which is good for the brain, too, and helps with the taste. A little mm, bit of apple, good. pear. So you want to consume a green smoothie, if you can, at least twice a day. And it helps with digestion, also, and it's great Amen. for workouts.
1: Amen. Uh, don't, don't take that yet. Before we go, I just want to say a big <laughs> thank you to Dr. Delvina for uh, sharing her expertise. You. And for more information, just go to Dr. Delvina dot help or brainlove.help or call her at 305 91 1700 and all on that note. We're gonna say Yay. cheers. Tap tap
0: to brain love. Alrighty guys. So thank you so much for watching that short mini video. I just wanted to set the stage and also just share some information because everything's not in this next presentation that you're about to see. So I wanted to ensure that you receive as much information as possible and we can come back and do this again. So let's get it started. We are talking food and your mood tonight. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. And for those of you, if this is your first time coming in, you will love what you hear on my couch. So we're discussing your mood and your food, how what you eat changes how you feel. I'm a firm believer in eating for not just your body, but your brain as well. And if you can control how you feel by eating better, why wouldn't you, right? People are fed by the food industry, which doesn't consider health. They just want to sell us this cheap uh, snacks and food and, and fast food that's not good for us. And then people are also treated by the health industry, which doesn't consider food. When was the last time that you went to your primary care doctor and that person asked you about your intake or inquired about what your meals, what you're eating on a day-to-day basis? Did they sit down and do a food journal with you? So this is the standard American diet. 70%, basically, if we round it up. 70% of what we eat in the United States is processed foods. It's fast food, it's the potato chips, it's the bagged and boxed desserts. Americans spend about 10% of their disposable income on fast food. The average American consumes over 130 pounds of sugar per year. That's a lot of sugar. And wait until I tell you what sugar does to the body and the brain. You'll reduce your sugar intake quickly. More than one-third of U.S. adults are obese, and unfortunately, in U.S. middle schools and high schools in the early 2000s, 60% of middle schools and high schools sold soft drinks and vending machines. I'm thinking back to the time when I was in school, all we had was water and cartons of milk, and eventually we had a couple of little small containers of juice during the breakfast hour, and then in high school, which I was in high school 1990 to 1994, we felt like we got lucky we got hawaiian punch so again the standard american diet and nutrition in america we eat we just we eat so badly we don't eat healthy we don't eat for our brains we are not really concerned about the long term effects of how what we eat will affect us adversely 63% of our diet of the calories come from refined and processed foods again the soft drinks the packaged snacks like potato chips the packaged desserts Listen, I don't eat intimates. I don't like eating tasty cakes and all that crap. I used to back in the day when I was a little younger, a hostess honey bun, but I stopped eating that mess. Number one, it doesn't taste good. I like a good homemade pecan pie every so often or a socket to me cake or a homemade apple pie or something, you know? Not the stuff that's boxed up And when you look at the expiration date, it says it expires three years from now. How can something that expires a year later or three years later be healthy for you? It's not. Only 25 percent, excuse me, 25 percent of our calories come from animal based foods. So meats and all of that stuff. And only 12 percent comes from plant plant based food. But when you break it down, half of that 12 percent of the plant-based food it comes from french fries so of course we know french fries are not healthy for you potatoes are carbohydrates carbohydrates break down into sugar right and so you can gain weight from the sugar also most of the time people eat french fries that are fried so eating the fried foods are also it's also unhealthy for you so only 6% of our calories are coming from health promoting fruits vegetables whole grains nuts and seeds check this out I want you to really pay attention to this slide because I'm showing you a comparison of how symptoms of poor nutrition can imitate mental health disorders. So someone may feel all these things you see on the right under poor nutrition and really believe that maybe they're in a depressive episode or that they're suffering from some mental health disorder. And I am not trying to downplay mental health and wellness at all. I'm not trying to downplay mental illnesses Go and see someone if you feel unusual and it's sustained it's happening over and over it's recurring go and see someone see your primary care so they can work up and rule out physical problems that could be causing it see a psychiatrist or a mental health professional so we too can work you up and ask the questions because in my office when you see one of our providers we're going to ask you about your food intake about your water intake about exercise because we want to know if what you're doing is causing the symptoms that you come into the office for Poor nutrition feels like fatigue. You're tired all the time. We see that also in mental health disorders like depressive disorders. Poor nutrition can cause anxiety. You know, consuming too much caffeinated beverages like coffee and teas and sodas and energy drinks. Mental health disorders include anxiety. Poor nutrition can feel like sadness or feeling blue or melancholy. Depression, people liken that to depression. We see that in mental health disorders too. Another big one, irritability. When you don't eat well because you're eating a bunch of fast food and fried foods and unhealthy things and a lot of carbohydrates, and I'll talk a little later about how sugar can cause those spikes and cause those crashes. When those things are happening, sometimes people feel irritable. You see irritability in mental health disorders as well. Poor mood. I just mentioned poor mood when I talked about depression. Stress intolerance. When you don't feed the machine, you can't tolerate stress well when you're not giving yourself the healthy foods the green veggies the fruits the things that are long lasting see because when they break down you use those things to build different things like protein what you eat are the building blocks to what you need to sustain to live and to feel happy stress intolerance is a big deal and irritability when people eat poorly inability to sleep can be a result of eating poorly And you see that also in certain mood disorders. Neurotransmitter depletion. What is a neurotransmitter? I'm going to talk about that a little later in the presentation. And this presentation will not take long. I'm glad you guys are joining me on the couch. It will not take long at all. Neurotransmitters, we'll talk about that a little later, but those are your things like the endorphins, the chemicals that help to sustain and maintain your mood and help you bounce back when you have a moment of sadness. So take a look at this slide. The Western diet versus the traditional diet. What's the difference? So which one do we fall under? Is America, a Medi- do we have a Mediterranean diet or are we considered um, a Western diet? We are in the West. We have a Western diet. And as such, you see how poorly we eat. Most of us eat poorly. So you want your building blocks, your base, To be green you want the biggest part of this triangle to be green the green is the green the veggies the fruit the cereals whole grain preferably olive oils so we see a lot of that in the mediterranean diet but in the western diet we get very little whole grains very little vegetables beans and legumes and fruits instead we're heavy in the red and what does red mean in most places red means stop right We should stop this, you should limit how much of these items you have. These are things like sweets and desserts and potatoes, processed meats, you know, like the salamis and the hot dogs and the meat that you buy in the store that really doesn't expire for a year, red meat. We eat a lot of that stuff in America, but we need less of it. Our, our, Our triangle or the portion of the triangle should look like the little red top of this triangle under Mediterranean diet. And so in between, you have to get some legumes and, you know, refined grains and a little bit of potato. But really, you need more nuts, sweets and olives, which is what you see depicted over here under the Mediterranean diet. So take a look at this, guys. Think about it. Think how you can modify your grocery list, how you can modify what's in your kitchen so it's a reflection more of what you see on the left side, which is the Mediterranean diet. If you're looking at the screen, it's on the left. You need more fruits, vegetables, cereals, olive oil. I'm going to ask some of you to be honest and talk about how many fruits, how many pieces of fruit you had today. So how does food affect our brain? This is important. This is muy importante. The food you eat can affect the chemical composition of your brain because the nutrients and foods are precursors for the neurotransmitters. I just mentioned neurotransmitters and two slides back neurotransmitter depletion when you're not eating so that your the food that you eat can be broken down into these building blocks to make the neurotransmitters. Then you're going to be short. You won't have enough of the building blocks to make the neurotransmitters that you need. Neurotransmitters are chemical messengers that tell our body what to do and how to feel, and include, as I said, the endorphins, the things like the dopamine and the serotonin. So let's talk about dopamine. Has everyone heard of dopamine? Place in the chat dopamine and a yes or dopamine and a no if you have not learned about dopamine. So dopamine affects many parts of our behavior and our physical functioning. And here's a list of everything that dopamine is involved in. And and actually, I I misspoke. This is not everything. This is the major things that dopamine is involved in in the body. So the brain changes an amino acid by the name of tyrosine to a substance called levodopa, which is also known as L-dopa, and then that becomes dopamine. So what do you think happens if you're not feeding your body those amino acids? Amino acids come from proteins. That's how we get amino acids. You can find in certain beans. You can find in meats. You can find in protein shakes, you know. So you need to make dopamine so that you can learn better, so you feel more motivated, so you feel happy, so you can monitor your – you can manage, excuse me, your heart rate. It helps with kidneys. It helps women who are breastfeeding. It helps us to lactate when we're breastfeeding. It also helps with sleep and mood, of course. People have heard that if your dopamine is low – you may feel sad or you may feel depressed. Also dopamine helps in controlling nausea and vomiting and helps with pain processing. There's also information here about tyrosine. How do we get more tyrosine, the amino acid that I just mentioned? So these are foods that are packed with tyrosine. So you can eat some spirulina. I love spinach. Remember pot pie back in the day? Popeye would eat his spinach and then he would become so strong and beat up Pluto, I think was his name. So spinach is beneficial to us for so many different reasons, including gut health. Spinach helps in moving our bowels and gut health and gut health is important. I'll I'll talk about that one day as well. You can get uh, tyrosine from egg whites, from salmon. You heard me on the video mention salmon and how it's important for omega-3 fatty acids. But salmon also contains significant amounts of tyrosine. Cottage cheese, I don't like cottage cheese, so I'm going to pass on that. I don't know about you guys. But fava beans also, I love me some avocados like I was telling Joanne in the video. I had an avocado today. I had a banana today. I, I don't eat peanuts often, but peanuts have tyrosine, so does turkey, chicken, and edamame. I love some edamame. So tyrosine will be cre- will uh, is used to create dopamine. So perhaps that's why I'm always so jolly and talking about sex and relationships. I don't know. So serotonin is another important chemical and neurotransmitter in the human body. Take a look at this slide serotonin is believed to help regulate mood and social behaviors it helps us with appetite and digestion it helps with sleeping better with memory as well as sexual desire and sexual functioning some people talk about their libido has dropped listen as we get older all of us men and women we change and we notice different different things um, about our bodies. And we feel different ways. And we may not feel the same as we felt at 30 or at 20 or at 40 when we're in our 50s. But there are things you can do to help yourself feel and to lead a, a happy, content life and still feel the same as you did 10, 20 years ago. And that's why we're talking about this. So the brain changes tryptophan. We talked about tyrosine, right? Tyrosine being converted to serotonin. Now we're talking about tryptophan. Tryptophan gets converted into serotonin. So remember, serotonin is one of the three neurotransmitters that I mentioned here. We have dopamine, serotonin. It says endorphins, but There's another one called norepinephrine, but I'm not going to get into that one tonight. So the brain changes tryptophan into serotonin. So serotonin affects many parts of your behavior, as I said. It helps to regulate all of these things. So maybe if you're feeling like you have low libido, it could potentially be because of you are not eating healthy. There are a lot of different factors for that. Most of the time, sexual dysfunction has a basis in mental health and wellness. There's something mental that's causing you to have that sexual dysfunction. Alrighty. so serotonin is very important. Drugs that alter serotonin levels, we give antidepressants to try to help bring up those uh, serotonin levels to help with things like the depression and the anxiety. Other ways to increase your body's serotonin level includes also light, exercise, and diet, as we're discussing tonight. Now, what foods are highest in tryptophan? So I have this on here. It says, guess what? Turkey's nowhere near the top. Because oftentimes when I teach people about insomnia and sleeping, I talk about, oh, if you can't sleep at night, maybe you're low on tryptophan. Just go get a little slice of turkey, turkey meat or something, which is processed, right? So you you have to limit that unless you actually have some real turkey, which most of us don't have real turkey except during the holidays. So anyhow, these are foods that are high in tryptophan content. So the highest is spirulina. Ah, there's a running theme here. Maybe spirulina should be in your household. Maybe spirulina should be on your grocery list. Cod has significant amounts of tryptophan as well, as as do soybeans, Parmesan, pork, turkey, beef, salmon is, is lower than beef and turkey, and then eggs and potatoes. So potatoes, we've already determined, are not healthy for us. So don't go eating a bunch of potatoes trying to get more tryptophan because potatoes barely have um, tryptophan. You know, they're 0.2. So you want to stick with the cod is good, the salmon, the spirulina, the soybeans. Who we? Sugar, sugar, sugar. Now, I'm going to do a myth versus fact after we, I do the slideshow, which I'm almost finished, but sugar is the devil, man. Re- research has shown that sugar can be more addictive than cocaine. Do you guys believe that? It can be more addictive than cocaine. Think about the time you ate too much ice cream or you indulged, overindulged in a second helping a pasta. All of these carbohydrates get converted to sugar in your body, including the pasta. I know some people feel like if, It's not a dessert. It doesn't have sugar. Mm -mm, That is false. So this is the progression of U.S. sugar consumption, right? Over the years, through the decades, through the centuries, we've been eating more and more sugar. In 1820, they were eating less than 20 pounds of sugar in a year. I told you on that other slide, we're up to 130 pounds of sugar every year. We have to eat less sugar because the thing is, You may feel like you want it and you feel good for a little bit, but after a few hours, you might start to feel tired, cranky. You might get mentally foggy or even feel anxious or unhappy. So as good as it may feel in the beginning, it's a problem in the end. The problem is that this sugar coaster keeps going up and it it crashes down. The more you do this, the harder you fall. So you got to watch your sugar intake. How does sugar affect our mood? Sugar temporarily increases heart rate and blood pressure. But once it's used up, once we break it down, our blood sugar levels drop dramatically, which makes us feel irritable, fatigued, have headaches, have anxiety. And so I I just want to give an example about children in this. People who give their kids a lot of candy and cakes and cookies, when you're wondering why your child is so irritable and cranky and crying and you can't get them to stop crying, this probably could have a lot to do with it. So take a look at your child's diet and make some modifications. Here are some long-term effects of excessive sugar. High blood pressure, obesity, high cholesterol, heart disease, inflammation. I told you I would tell you what all the sugar does to your body, sugar hanging out in the body. Sugar may taste good on your palate, on your tongue, but hanging out in the body, it causes inflammation. It can cause liver disease. It can increase episodes of sadness and anxiety, depression and anxiety. What should we eat for better mental health? Okay. So I'm gonna give you time to take a look at this graph. This is a healthy eating plate that you see on the right. And and we can talk a little later too about what did you eat today? What did you consume? You wanna replace the sugar and the simple carbohydrates? And the fried food and the cookies and the soft drinks, you want to replace them with fruits and complex carbohydrates like beans and grains. Complex carbohydrates are healthier for you. You want healthy protein. You want vegetables and water. Water is important. You have to drink at least 64 ounces. However, take your weight divided by two, and that's how much water you should be drinking on a daily basis. So if you weigh 300 pounds, you should be drinking over a gallon of water every day. We should be using healthy oils like olive and canola oil. That's the only oil you'll find in my home is olive oil and grapeseed oil also. You can use that on salads, at the table to cook with. More veggies, the better. Potatoes and french fries don't count. I also don't count corn either. I I really count the green veg- veggies, the Brussels sprouts, the asparagus, the arugula, the romaine lettuce, the collard greens. Collard greens, we love them and they're healthy for us, man. Don't just eat collard greens on Sunday. Don't just eat collard greens on Christmas and Thanksgiving. And you want to have plenty of fruits of all colors. Like today I had a pear. I had kiwi. I had banana. Told you I had an avocado. I had some tomato soup. So, you know, we have to eliminate a lot of the meat, a lot of the animal products and eat more whole grains and have more more veggies. Um, Whole grains would be like brown rice. So in my house, we have brown rice. I used to love jasmine rice. And there was a time where I just bought jasmine rice, but no longer. Um, Whole wheat bread is healthier than white bread, but you have to watch eating the whole wheat bread as well. And whole grain pastas. I'm so glad my son likes whole grain pasta now, and brown rice. When he was younger, he didn't want to eat it, but he understands now, even at the young age of 24, he understands the importance of eating healthy. You want to choose things like fish and poultry over red meat and over the pork and the bacon. You want to avoid bacon and cold cuts and processed meats. All right, guys, we're towards the end. Here is the takeaway. The takeaway is this poor nutrition can lead to mental health disorders and cognitive impairment processed foods can increase depression sugar leads to poor mental health and wellness poor physical um, health and wellness cognitive interference better food equals a better mood so I hope I have convinced you all that you gotta eat better you have to eat healthier So, oh my gosh, there's so many comments and questions in here. My goodness. Okay. (laughs) All righty. Let's see. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, guys. I really appreciate it because I want you to understand how you eat can really help you and can really prevent certain disorders and um, prevent you from feeling down in the dumps and having these episodes of irritability and sadness. So I'm, I'm rolling back up. So let's play a little game of myth versus fact. Let's see who has paid attention. So myth versus fact. So you guys can drop the comments, okay? Drop in the comments if it's a myth or if it's a fact. Now, the first, the first statement, research has shown that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Is that a myth or is that a fact? Myth or facts? Cocaine or sugar is more addictive than cocaine. What do you guys think? And yes, please inbox me. Yes, inbox me if you have questions. Thank you for watching everyone. I appreciate it. All right, so I'm looking to see. So, if you said that that is a fact, like Richard Ruffin, Professor Ruffin, thank you for joining. It is definitely a fact. All righty, someone else agreed that corn is not a healthy vegetable for you. Corn is starchy, that is absolutely correct. All righty, complex carbs are good because the fiber makes them release the sugar into your blood slower. Thank you so much. I see I got some experts in here on, on food and health and wellness. Yes. So Cousin T-Roy, you got to get your daughter off of that sugar. So try to slowly take her off of the sugar, man. Um, Don't buy the snacks. And oh, oh, Monica's in here. She got to have her homemade banana. I got to have your homemade banana pudding, too. I love it. And spirulina powder and smoothies is a great way to add spirulina into your food. Oh, I love some cod. Someone says they don't like cod at all. Spirulina, you can um, find it, and you can get it in like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Um, you may even be able to find it in in like Target uh, supermarkets. Are tacos healthy? Someone's being funny. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's see, Angela Howell. I was lacking serotonin on meds because it caused anxi- anxiety, but I start eating more healthy, feel less depressed. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. When we eat healthy, that's why my energy. People ask me, why. how do you have so much energy? How are you doing so many things? I try to be very mindful of my diet. I know that I'm always, I used to post a lot, a a lot of food. I used to go to Southern Spice and stuff and eat and, you know, but um, lately I've been very careful about my diet, very intentional. Some of you, if you know me, you know, I had this short time, span of time when I was a vegan. So, um, but you know, I miss eating certain things. I miss eating fish. I miss eating shrimp, which now I've actually, um, cut from my diet. I miss crab. Uh, so I couldn't stay with the vegan kick, but there are things, other things we can do. We can limit, cut out the red meat and the pork. I don't eat a lot of chicken either. If I have chicken, it's more like, um, you know, it's like a chicken pasta, something like that. Every so often I'll have wings. Okay. Let's see. Someone says they love spinach. Yep, I don't really see any questions. So I guess pretty much I gave you guys the information. T Roy, you gotta have fruit, my man. So let's talk. If you guys have time, let's talk about gut health. Let's talk about that. So eating healthy is not just to yes, feed your soul, Ron, not just for your brain not just for your moods not just for you physically but it also is important for gut health when you have vegetables and fruits they contain fiber right and so when we eat those things and they're broken down in our gut and our intestines it makes it easier for the body to rid the system of the the toxins that we acquire on a day-to-day basis there's a lot of bacteria in our gut you should You should be having a bowel movement. You should have a bowel movement every day. We should actually have a bowel movement after we eat. After every every meal, if we were eating properly and we were eating naturally and had plant-based diets, we would have a bowel movement after every meal. That's really how it should work. However, there are some people who have a bowel movement every two days or every three days or once a week. I can't imagine what that feels like. That has to feel awful to someone. It feels awful because everything you've eaten for those two or three days, or for that week, is just sitting inside of your belly and your in your intestine. Because you're eating the food, it goes to the stomach. We break it down and we pass it out into our intestines, and it's just sitting there. You have to move your bowels at least once every day to help with that. Have eat consume. Consume more fiber and you get the fiber and the vegetables and the fruits that you eat and drink water. Drink more water. Water helps also with passing this food, getting digesting the food and also moving the food through your your track, your intestinal tract. So you want to get rid of the waste that you're creating from the things that you're eating. I'll tell you another secret. We have what's called a brain and our gut. It's not just the brain up here, we have a brain in our gut also. And what that means is this, there are certain receptors that are located in our brain that we use to help regulate our mood, that we use for the serotonin um, and those endorphins that I talked about. Those, Some of those receptors are also contained in your gut. And so if you have a lot of toxins and a lot of food and a lot of uh, sludge, hanging out in there and and just sticking around for two and three weeks and a month, because you know it takes about a month to digest red meat, right? Red meat doesn't just come out of your body quickly. It hangs around for a long time. Now get this, red meat obviously comes from animals. Animals have hormones like we do. And this is why the cancer rate has gone up. The cancer rates have risen. Because of the high meat diet that we have in America, cancer rates have increased. We have good studies that show when folks consume a plant-based diet, mostly or only, they're healthier in a lot of different ways. But when you cut out all of that meat, and especially the red meat, Meat comes from animals. Animals have souls. That's what I believe. Animals have souls. Animals have hormones. They're living creatures. So when you ingest those things, you're ingesting everything about that animal. That's what I believe in. I don't know what you believe, but that's what I believe. When you ingest, when you consume, when you eat an animal, you eat everything about that that thing, about that creature. And so I want you to think about that when you're eating steak every day or when you're having a hamburger every day for lunch. Don't do it. You're increasing your risk of developing cancer and especially men with the prostate cancers. Especially men with prostate cancer. So when you eat these live creatures that we kill and we fry and we cook and bake and all that stuff. You're eating everything about that creature that is what I believe. So limit the amount of meat that you're eating. All right. Yes, he stopped red meat 2 to 3 years ago. Yeah, it tastes it tastes good but you know, it's not healthy for you at all. Okay. So it, uh, Eric Young, I see you laughing. I'm telling you nothing but the truth. This is these are absolute facts, man, and that's why meat You just gave me the thumbs up. Thank you, dear. That's why meat can increase the risk of developing cancers. And I want everyone to be healthy. And not only that, when we eat fried foods, when we eat all of these unhealthy processed things, it can lead to heart disease. We can clog our vessels, our arteries. You know, we can clog our vessels because of all of the grease that we're consuming. We're eating the fried stuff, all that grease that you're swallowing. If you look at the grease that's in the pan after you fry food or the grease that comes off of the meat in the oven, when it cools, what does it look like? It looks like jelly, right? It looks like thick, like a really thick cream or something or a jelly. That's exactly how it looks inside of your your vessels, your blood vessels. The same thing you see it do in that pan or on the stove or in the oven after after it cools down, the same composition that grease has in the pan, it's the same way it'll appear in your vessels. Or when you, let's say you want to save leftovers and you put the meat in a, a container and put it in the fridge, the next morning you open it and you see there's a thick gelatinous layer on the bottom that's what happens when we eat all of that grease those that occurs inside of our vessels and when you have all of that sludge in your vessels the blood cannot flow through it's not patent it's not open it can't flow through we have to get blood continuously to our heart to all of our organs to our heart our brain everywhere our skin everywhere and when there's blockage when that sludge is inside of the vessel it's blocking some of the blood from getting through so that's why over time people gradually develop things like kidney disease there are a lot of black folks who are in and who are in end-stage renal disease meaning their kidneys are no longer functioning because over time the blood has not been flowing to the kidneys and perfusing the kidneys so the kidney cells it begins to die and as the kidney cells begin to die The kidney won't function the way it's supposed to. If you listen to my podcast two weeks ago, I had DJ Shock on. This man is in his 40s, I believe it is. But he's an end-stage renal disease. He's on dialysis. And he was very open and frank and honest. If you haven't followed my podcast yet, please follow the podcast. It's the Brain Love Podcast on all podcast platforms. There's the information information. Follow the podcast. Subscribe to it. You'll hear so many different uh, commentaries about a lot of different things. But this brother is an end stage renal disease and needs a kidney. He has less than 15 percent, one five, less than 15 percent kidney functioning. And he's on a transplant list. He's been on the list now for a couple of years. So. You have to we can prevent these things from happening by gaining knowledge, from listening to people, from hearing people teach about these different things. And this is why I brought it to you all, because I want all of us to live our best lives. And so share this with your family members, your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your children. Teach your children young how to eat and the things to eat and control what happens in your household with nutrition and diet. Don't buy certain things. Like, my cousin mentioned his daughter loves sugar. Cousin, don't buy the sugary snacks. Don't buy the cookies and the cakes and all of that. I like the homemade stuff. I like the homemade pecan pies, sakatumi cake, but I'm not gonna eat that, not even every month. I, I, I won't even say every day, I won't eat that every month. Next question, if a man eats right and changes his diet, can that eliminate Viagra and Cialis? Yes, absolutely it can, absolutely. Eating healthy, changing your diet, right? When you eat healthy and change your diet, more than likely, you're going to lose weight. You'll lose weight. So when men are overweight, they have too much fat. At times, they're making more estrogen than they are testosterone, and that can interfere. But also, when your vessels are clogged because you're eating all that fried food, and all the stuff high in cholesterol that can prevent blood from getting to the penis so what causes the engorgement what causes an erect penis blood you need that blood flow going to the penis so yes eating right losing a little weight if you're overweight changing your diet and also exercise someone just said you have to exercise too if you want to get off pills like that. Yes, exercise is very helpful because it will increase endorphins, make you feel better, make you feel more confident, will help with the weight balance. So, all of those things, those are all that's all great information. And of course, we can't miss the aphrodisiacs. There are certain things we eat that are considered aphrodisiac, like dark chocolate, which I mentioned in the video I showed in the beginning. Oysters for men is supposed to be very helpful. Absolutely. And raw honey, if you're going to choose honey, have raw honey. And someone asked about uh, wine. Where is this? Did I miss anything about wine? Yes. Red wine does have, it has benefits, cardiovascular benefits. Red wine is full of antioxidants. And it also helps because there's, uh, it has properties where It um, can prevent the clotting of platelets or um, that we have different little things in our components in our blood that help us to stop bleeding, right? These are called platelets. And so at times, these platelets can interfere and can cause things like strokes, brain attacks, heart attacks. So yes, red wine, red wine is the healthier option, just as red grapes are the healthier option um, over the white grapes. Okay. So Muhammad just clarified. Let's see. He said, what if you have regular bowel movements and you still have a stomach? You gotta, it's easy math y'all. If you want to lose weight, eat less, work out more, drink water. I assure you, if you're drinking half your body weight in water, you will be less hungry. You'll quench your thirst You won't eat as much because you won't feel hungry all the time. And if you change your diet, cut out all those carbohydrates, man. The carbohydrates are what's causing all the fat in the the stomach, the midsection. Cut out the carbohydrates. You got to start slow and do this gradually, but you can do it and you'll lose that gut. And also cardio. If you don't have bad knees or bad back, go running. Do the bike if you have bad knees or a bad back. Bad bad bike. I mean, bad back. (laughs) Jesus, I'm getting tongue-tied. Okay, so eventually maybe a personal trainer will want to get on and we can talk more about ways to control and lose the weight. But I so appreciate you guys coming on and checking me out and listening to me talk about food and our guts and our brains and our moods. So Dr. Delvina, if the brain feeds feeds us filtered information on the things, give it. What specific foods do you think would help promote better clarity of the senses? So, okay, I showed a video at the very beginning. And in that video, I talked about foods that you can use to improve concentration and focus and and attentiveness. Salmon was one of those main foods that I spoke about. Salmon has a lot of omega-3 fatty acids. So salmon is a a great food to eat at least three times a week to help with focus and concentration and attention and better clarity. Um, uh, Not asparagus, but uh, Brussels sprouts are also, and broccoli are also very good brain foods because they can help as well. And sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes can help as well. So um, you can... Come back and watch this because I'm about to close out. We've been on for almost an hour and the beginning of this segment, there was a video that I played and it talked about the ways you can eat to improve your concentration um, and your cognitive functioning, basically. And this will be the last question. Yes, ma'am. Jamila, I talked about blueberries earlier in the video. Blueberries are, very awesome for the brain. And that was one of the foods I mentioned can help with focus and attention. Blueberries, I said in the video, are like little candy. Popping those blueberries all day throughout the day. And also blueberries help. They have fi—they contain fiber, so it helps with bowel movements, with gut motility. How much red wine is okay to drink per day? I would say leave it to a small glass of red wine, no more than eight ounces. Don't, don't purchase one of those big old uh, wine glasses and fill it up with half a bottle of wine. Keep it eight ounces or less. Eight ounces or less. Okie dokie. So thank you, guys. All right, y'all. So it's been another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. Thank you for joining me on the couch. I hope you learned some healthy eating habits and you understand how to make changes and rearrange your diet so that you feel happier, more content, less full because your bowels are moving on a regular basis and you're emptying all those poisons from your guts and your body. And also you're enhancing your concentration, your ability to recall information, the attentiveness and reducing your risk for strokes and heart attacks. So, Thanks again for joining me, guys, and be back next Sunday for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. Next month is Women's History Month, so I'll have some very special things for you. I'll be talking to some special women about some special stuff. And in March, I'll also be interviewing Dr. Suzanne Gray, March 18th, on My YouTube channel, as well as on Facebook Live, to talk to her about new medications for women to help enhance their sexual libido. All right, y'all, have a great one. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina.
1: These days it's harder than ever to stand out from the crowd and it's even harder to get paid for the work you put online. Luckily, there's a new way to put your work out into the world. It's called Discovered. Discovered is a new digital platform and social network where creatives share their projects to new audiences and earn more money from their work than any other platform. Ready to get out there? Visit discover.tv today.